Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison, here to tell you GEICO has more than just great savings. Much more. Yes, while GEICO could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis, they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years. That's more like it. Furthermore, GEICO has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than GEICO. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Blog Talk Radio. And then, and then plus they got... everybody and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. I am your host as always, RUScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me as always is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. Who who's a little bouncy today, guys. Am I? <laughs> it's it's Maybe. hey, we got an hour of free time. No, we lost an hour. Oh, yeah, I know. Big Happy big daylight day. savings time. Yeah, here's the craziness of daylight savings time too, so I have to apologize to um, potential listeners who might have gotten messed up by this. Yeah. But uh, all of a sudden, the uh, the Facebook event for the show yeah. says it's from one to two, and right. I, and I don't know why that would happen or how it would happen. But you, you know, I'm, a little yeah. while ago, I'm my phone goes off and goes, "Hey, here's your event from one to two. I'm like, "How did that happen?" Right. But, so I don't know. There are some uh, Facebook fans we'll who pay attention to that or something. Then, well, you right. missed it. And, Take it out on Zucker. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's his fault. Yeah, is that like, have we hipped up his name now? Yeah, on the <laughs> okay. Z, the Z dude. That's cool. Z man of Z Facebook. Man. Great. That's yeah. that's all the world needs. Well, it must have just taken it and assumed business. that you were yeah, leaning an hour earlier, or you put it in before it recognized everything was. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't it know. is what it I is. I put it, it in. Sucks. I put it in. You know, like last week or whatever. Everywhere I've gone, everywhere I've gone today so far, I hear people. Most most are praising it because it comes with warmth and sunlight, and everyone's all excited. Winter's over, but I just heard like an argument downtown about people. Like, you should have been here. He's like, I am here. He's like, you're not on time. He's like, I'm on time. Yeah. And there was this big discrepancy about yeah. whose clock was what. And yeah, I I, uh, I actually love it. You know, because <laughs> it's funny, and clearly people want to listen to us talk about this. But you right. know, I grew up in Arizona where we don't do that, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so we don't do that. So it's all very interesting. Yeah. But it's the dumbest thing. Like why do we still do it? I don't I don't get it at all. I mean yeah. anyway, uh it's one of those like uh that's the way we've always done it. So that's the way we're gonna right. keep doing it. To change now would be insane. I don't right. know. Anyway, so um yeah, but oddly it messed up the Facebook thing. I do want to give a shout-out before we jump into the show. We're uh, doing 300 Rise of a Kingdom this week. Rise of a Kingdom. That's what it's Rise of the Empire? Rise of an Empire. Empire. That's right. Uh, Because, like, it matters. Right. It's the uh, 300 movie, right? And, uh, you know, just for more and more things to not talk about that movie for as long as possible. I've got a fair uh, number of things to... I did want to say, I know that... (laughs) No, you were all funny. over this movie. You were no. like clapping at the end. No. There, <laughs> yeah, there was uh boy. The uh, crowd we saw it with was just all over it. Too, yeah, weren't they? I, you know, you could have had like an episode of Maud on for the reaction <laughs> we got from the people, right? Which I thought was really weird. Yeah, like, I mean, I know 
I know we're seeing it because hi, we have to, we, right? Yeah, right? But other people chose to come there, right? <laughs> on purpose. Yeah. And man, there was like so little reaction yeah. throughout the whole movie. It was it was a little weird. Yeah. Like you would think it was. You know what? You, they're not randomly selected to yeah. be forced to watch the movie. Anyway. Um, and if you're listening to this show, probably you're really interested in 300, right? So might be. We will. We'll get to uh, it. We'll have lots of stuff to say. <laughs> I wanted to give a shout out real quick to uh, Kabang, the uh, movie music. Oh, okay. Super festival Ness. Right. Right. Uh, or wait, is it Bang Pop? Now I forget. Well, which one are you doing? I'm doing the one that gave us a shout out. They, you know, they meld in my mind. Uh-oh. I think it's actually Bang Pop. Okay. Now I've screwed, where was the show? Now out? I've screwed that up. It was on Facebook. Um, that was probably just Kabang Pop. Yeah, Kabang Pop. That's, that's what. That's what I like to tease both of them. Uh, no one knows what I'm talking about anyway, so it uh, doesn't really matter. But <laughs> they uh, even better. <laughs> they they told yeah. Now they really good love job. It. They uh, gave us a shout out and told people to listen to the show, and uh, it was really cool. No, it was definitely Bang Pop. It, it, now that you're mentioning it the way yeah. you are, it was definitely uh, Bang Pop. Um, so hey, thanks for doing that. <laughs> and, uh, we'll, we'll get it right next week. We look forward to you doing it a lot <laughs> in the future. Um, and, you know, the other thing that I wanted to uh, throw out really quick is uh, there are a couple of really cool shows coming out on the National Geographic Channel. And, uh, you know, they're not um, yeah. sponsoring us right. or anything. No. But um, actually, actually, here's how awesome this is. I can't remember the name of the other show. <laughs> one of them is called uh, None of the Above. And the other oh, yeah. one is, um, God, I can't remember now. Ah, forget it. This is all pointless. But anyway, um, they both come out on the same day, so just watch on that day. And they they, uh, (laughs) premiere on March 24th. But the one that is called None of the Above is... uh, (laughs) The greatest set of shout-outs I've ever heard. (laughs) ...is actually a really cool show because it's a whole show. If you're uh, big on the Internet, right, and you follow lots of crazy crap on the Internet, then you know that every once in a while... There will be a series of memes going around where people throw out all these things that are like things you think you know that aren't true or, right. or you know, <laughs> things you learned in school that aren't true. Or, right. you know, there's always – every couple of months something starts floating around and then a whole bunch of other ones pop Follow up, it, yeah. right? And this is like basically like a show all about that. It's, it's largely science-y stuff. But it's called none of the above because it's like here's a question and it's like A B C D none, none of the of above, the above right. and you know one of the other answers is those are the thing everyone thinks they know that this is true right and then it's no and here we'll show you that it's not true but yeah. it's a really cool show and uh, you know they sent me screeners for the show that's and, cool but um, I really like the idea that there are all these crazy shows coming out now. Like uh, another one is Mind Games. Have yeah. you ever watched that one? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. That, that's it. a really cool show. But there's like all of a sudden all these shows are popping up where it's like, what if we could actually right. do, do something this. interesting on yeah. television and like you know right. teach people? Tonight's a weird night so. for TV. Is it's the what is the Resurrection show and Cosmos starts? Yep. And I'm looking forward to Cosmos. Cosmos is it's very gonna be cool. I yeah. think it'll be a lot of fun. So it's uh, it's going to be cool. And man, is it getting like the most bizarre, massive push you've of, ever seen from, from like a corner. science yeah. show? Yeah. 
it's everywhere yeah. all of a sudden there's like tons of commercials for it that resurrection show um i just actually I can't remember if that's uh, the name of, i think it is it is yeah it's resurrection I'm curious about it's, it it's uh, i just reviewed that recently on the oh. site and uh it, you know i've only seen a couple of episodes two? Yeah. right but it it's actually it's very strange it's a it's its own little world of of a kind of show yeah and you know the only thing that you can compare it to is lost because they're yeah. clearly after lost viewers what yeah. they and you know it's funny cuz it's abc and they've been trying to catch lightning basically again. throw a big bucket at the wall and right. see if anything will stick anywhere right. abc over the last couple of years has been trying to be the everything network mm-hmm. where they want to have every kind of show in the universe and over the last few years, there have been several efforts to go, let's do something losty. Yeah. You know, let's I mean, try it again. Because yeah. there's all those viewers out there who loved it. And, yeah. you know, it was huge, uh, yeah. game changing kind of a thing. Yeah. And, you know, somebody's got to get another one. Those viewers yeah. and get another one. And right. so this one, it, it's a little weird where you watch the trailers and stuff. And I don't know that you get from the trailers the lost-like quality of it. Yeah. Okay? Uh, it's not until that, like, there's something that happens at the end of the first episode, and then there are a couple things that happen at the end of the second episode Yeah. where all of a sudden you're going, wait, what am I watching? Like, cool. I thought I was just watching this show where, you know, this boy mm-hmm. wakes up in the rice field in China. Right. And he may or may not be this boy who died 32 years ago, yep. right? And they take him back uh, to meet his family, and yeah. he remembers them. Right. He obviously, like, looks exactly like the kid. And, you know, there are some strange things there where, uh, you know, dad looks at the kid right. and does not instantly go, that looks That's exactly my like my kid. Right. Right. Where, I mean... 32 years is a long time, I guess, right, but, but you know what your dead kid looks like, right? Right, yeah. Um, but anyway, um, and it's it's not that he goes, what? You look nothing like my kid. And right, I don't no, know what you're just, talking it about. looks like he has an inkling but, of... But the kid, like, remembers the circumstances of his death, and, wow. and I guess in a way, to him, it was like, then he just woke up, like, no right. time passed for him or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's pretty interesting stuff. And the first episode is maybe a little rough because you have to go through all this kind of establishment, kind of goofy stuff where we have to tell a story of what people would do. Yeah. So we're like DNA testing (laughs) and we're like doing all this stuff, you know. So you have to kind of walk through there. And then it turns out the town is really weird anyway. Sure. Lost and it's a small town, and everybody is connected to everybody. And I love the idea of it, just and because it reminds me. And it, what's funny is every once in a while, a show will come out that I love the premise of. Right. I never get to watch the show. The last one that reminded me of this was the 4400. Right. Which, as a premise, I'm like, yeah, that would be really cool. What right. if 4400 people just suddenly came back from wherever they were and vanished? And like, what's the story? And what's the right. what's the overall mythology of it? I never watched. I think I watched one episode. Right. And I was like, mm, it's not good enough to keep me there. And but then, this is the same thing. Whereas, like a, a paragraph summation online, I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm into that. And there were, uh, you know, there were, like I said, lots of other shows have come. Like there was that Alcatraz show. Yep. 
and it was like all these people who disappeared from Alcatraz and boom, all of a sudden they just start showing up yeah. where, where the, the thing apparently is that, you know, for them, they just jumped forward in time. Right. They just, they don't realize they were ever missing or anything. They yeah. just, you know, whatever. So, and it's like this whole losty thing. When you get to the end of the second episode of Resurrection, then all of a sudden stuff starts happening where you go, well, what is going on? Yeah. And, and there must be some explanation and, and, you know, other people are coming back. Right. And you get that in the trailers that in it's the, tra- in the trailers, kid. I think you get at least one other person. There's a dad who and a kid. Back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you get, uh, you know, we have to start revealing things and right. hooking you into, you know, the sort of right. pulling the curtain back and revealing the wizard or something. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to throw this stuff at you where, crazy stuff is happening, you know? Yeah. And like, why does he have to keep typing the numbers in the computer? Right. And, yeah, and, right, and right, all that right. stuff's going on. Right? I don't know if they've planned to do it, but I thought that kind of thing where one episode isn't long enough, but two will get the ball rolling. If they don't do a two hour, you know, movie, then they should do back to back nights or a Tuesday, right, Thursday right. premiere. And it's just going to be not. a week. It's a week yeah. apart. So it's, yeah, it's just that takes a right. lot of risk because you need to, especially today, with TV, you know, you've got to, or executives demand a certain demographic, first shot, first right. hour, first right. half hour, or you're done. You know, you get three issues, uh, three chances. Especially like out, on so. the big networks, too. It's kind of yeah. like, you know, they will pull the plug on it's stuff really so fast, quick. right? Yeah. And so, you know, here's our bonus review of this show, I guess, right. <laughs> where we're there just going to talk so about wait, the show. So wait, you did like the See, two episodes, I, or there I, wasn't enough to I like? liked it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I liked it pretty well. And and here's the thing that you know, these are such a weird kind of version of show where you're trying to do this whole weird there's some conspiracy and then yeah. we're not ever going to tell you what happens and right. then you know, you go there's no like natural progression, which I think that's the thing that had people hooked on Lost and they and kept them going and and made it such a big thing was that there is actually no natural progression of what they reveal, right? And just all of a sudden they'll go, "Yep, polar bear." Right? And then and then you're like, "What?" And yeah. and it's like the whole premise of the story is just that you don't know what's going on. That's right. like the whole premise. Right. And and that's a crazy premise and like i said there's all these other shows that have tried it and the thing that is weird about these shows is that now i mean it's not necessarily the same with lost but now that we're post lost world or whatever everyone is going to watch the first episode yeah of any show that you come up with that's like this right everyone's going to go okay let's see right and then they have to start revealing stuff right and then maybe they'll keep you around and somewhere around like the fifth or sixth episode, yeah, we're gonna get to a place where we kind of have to put some of our cards on the table and let you know just how weird stuff is gonna be. Right. And that's when all of a sudden either everyone hangs on or yeah. it drops massively. Yeah. So yep. and, and you know, I haven't seen those episodes, so <laughs> right. I don't know. You don't know yet. But you liked what you saw. I don't know how good it's gonna be. Cool. It's very interesting. Cool. And uh Omar Epps is in it and is actually really pretty good. Yeah. Like I I kinda wouldn't have thought on paper that he could kinda carry being like this lead yeah. person. But then at the same time, there's kind of some other weird stuff going on where you kind of have to suspend a little disbelief and yeah. and whatever. let it go. But anyway, anyway, okay. So three hundred. 
yeah. uh, we might as well jump into that since we're uh, we'll, since we'll, we're gone. We've got enough to talk about. Right, on that and anyway. and I, I will say really quickly too, we've gotten several uh, emails, so uh, send us your questions and comments and anything you want about upcoming movies or past movies or whatever's going on to uh, questions at areyouscreening dot com. But uh, we we're not going to get to the this this week just because we haven't really prepared. But uh, we've gotten a lot of emails over time. Like uh, you know, one person says, "Hey, you should do this on the show," and then boom, we're going to do it, right? Right. But, but over time, like several people have emailed us and commented that this is good or bad or whatever. But as we were kind of approaching the end of the year this year. We did a thing where, like, every week we kind of looked ahead a little bit. Mm -hmm. And because we had so many movies to do, and we were going to have, like, double episodes and triple episodes. (laughs) I remember those days. And we would give people, like, a little warning of what was coming up. And we would kind of say, you know, and we think this one's going to be really good. Or we think this one's going to be really bad. So, like, starting next week you know, I think we'll just do that for like a few minutes. We'll just go over the movies that are coming up the next couple of weeks and we'll let you know what we think you should go see and what we think you should avoid and which one we will be doing. That should be easy enough. As we approach future weeks. I like that too, but it should be easy too because, and we said this last year, God, we might've even said it the year before, but it's not a new realization that the summer films just get pushed further and further back into spring. Right. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be seeing Captain America. It's already Captain and it, America. And that's basically right. the start of it. You know, right. and, and once that started, you know, I remember when Iron Man did it and all these other films started doing, and Captain America did it, and it, it was easy to project, you know, to right, really right. just see down the road, like, this is what we're going to do. You know, you know what, what, so. what we're going to be doing. But even, yeah. even with the movies that we know we're not going to do other movies, but maybe we think you should go Man, see it or yeah. whatever. And actually now I totally forgot about this. <clears throat> and uh, now I, I just remembered because we're talking about this. We uh, got a question. Basically question is like Godzilla question mark. <laughs> that that's pretty much sums <laughs> yeah. up exactly the thing. Right. So, and, and it wasn't just one person actually, which, really? which is kind of interesting. <laughs> that's and cool. I think that's really cool. I think we, uh, I think we sucker people into doing this to us because yeah. we so frequently say that we are, in fact, snooty movie critics <laughs> and we just try to not be here. Right. But then people go, oh, yeah, snooty movie critic. Right. So tell me about Godzilla. Right? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, pretty soon it'll be Transformers or whatever. So, yeah, right. So, um, so I don't know. We're supposed to give our prediction of Godzilla or yeah. something. So, um you know, my thoughts on Godzilla in a in a very strange way. Not that, you know, Godzilla hasn't friggin' come down the pike already. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. I feel like we've done that. But, you know, Godzilla is pretty much like, if you want to go see Godzilla, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be okay. It's probably not going to suck. Right. You're, For you. pro- you're probably For your not... built-in right. inherent... Your inherent exactly. interest. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, just the fact that it's coming and yep. you get on board with that and go see right. it, you're probably going to be like okay. It. Yeah. I don't think it's going to surprise anybody by being really horrible for people who wanted to go see it in the first place. Right. And I don't think it's going to surprise anybody 
by way of like you're going to have your friends coming up to you going, <laughs> I know you think you don't want to see it, right. but go see it. Right. It's totally awesome, right? I mean, it's it is what it is. If you think yeah. If you think Godzilla is going to do something for you, it's probably you're probably going to like you, it. We've now seen two. Uh, there was a Super Bowl trailer, and now there's the one we saw basically last night. Right. Um, we saw, and you know, to get it out of the way. We saw 300 in 3D yesterday. So right. Um, and do uh, you did, did you like? Ahead. Oh no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, did Godzilla. you like either of those previews to the point where it? I mean, you know, it's Godzilla. So like you said, you know what you're getting, and either you already are inherently interested in Godzilla or not, this film isn't going to change your mind, but right. what did you think of the previews? Well, I mean... They're uh, not terribly long. But that's pretty much what I think of the previews. That's it. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, it I, just solidifies I, I, that. I think that, yeah, I think that's exactly... You know where you are with Godzilla, and the trailer is just going, yes, you do know where you are. Right. I mean, right. it's, a, you know, we don't... It's a useless trailer, kind of. We don't need a trailer. All we need to do is go, yeah. Godzilla's coming. See, the thing with Godzilla for me is I don't get making a Godzilla movie. And so this could just be made because I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm inherently a, a, opposed to the movie in a, in a way. Yeah. It's not going to be the movie that's for me where I'm going to go, well, I have to go see that. Right. And, wow. And then if it's the really good version of that, <laughs> I'm still not going to go, wow, that's awesome, right? Yeah. Making a Godzilla movie for me, and now we'll get uh, lots of questions and comments and, and whatever. <laughs> I don't really get it in the same way that nobody right now is uh, like spitting out Sinbad movies with with him fighting skeletons and stuff, right? Thankfully. The whole reason the Godzilla movie ever existed in the first place was because people started going, I bet I could do this on a movie <laughs> yeah. and, and make it look like there's this giant thing. Right. And it's, you know, way, way back in the day where if you watch it now, it practically looks silly. Right. But at the time, it's like, you know, it's like really infant stages of making movies where you're practically at the point where when movies first came out and there's a train coming and people would like duck. Is right. right. I mean, right. You're like, just the fact that I think I can make it look like there's this giant monster. Yeah. And then make a movie about it. Right. It wasn't ever made in the first place because someone said, I bet I can make a really good movie, right? I can make the next great movie. It's just like when you've got, you know, Sinbad fighting skeletons. Yeah. You know, so the special effects people said, I bet I could do this and make it look decent. Yeah. And so, boom, there it is, right? Yeah. I mean, it was more about, at the time... Either of those movies were made. It was more about uh, when you're watching it, you're going, look, at, did they do that? That's mm -hmm. awesome. you yeah. know. And then it was awesome just because it was there. Right. And now it's a long time later. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't need a Godzilla movie anymore because yeah. it was never a movie that needed to be made in the first place. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I think... I think in a long way it goes – I was never excited about the Matthew Broderick one, even though people got excited because that was during the time of, like, Independence Day and all these great, grandiose right. sci-fi things. Um, but I, I think Godzilla needs to finally be made correctly at one point and, and, I, and kind of Americanized. And I think with Pacific Rim stuff happening – and even though it didn't kill – 
at the box office, it seems to have done really well internationally. Yeah. And yeah. that interest, that fan base that you dial into is so devoted that I, I think when they make a really good Godzilla film once, they can kind of just leave it. I don't think they will leave it. Right, because they're 10, because it's 15 a cash years count, later. They'll make I, think, I think as far as just the aesthetics go, and I'm not a big um, War of the Monsters kind of guy. As a kid growing up in New England on Channel 56, every Saturday there was a creature double feature. Right. And we got to see Godzilla versus Mothra and King Kong versus the, see, and you know, the Indians That's and the other thing that I kind of don't so I, get is if you're going to do it, like yeah. throw some of them other get the some but well, see, this is what this is what I'm saying cuz to some extent the film the pre the previews that I've seen the two look great it looks really interesting visually but as we're about to talk about with 300 <laughs> visuals don't make a great movie right. it can help but it really doesn't do it all um and eventually you get to this kind of point where you're either making a cloverfield kind of film which is really just about the people with Godzilla as the backdrop or you've got this thing where this lizard is so huge, like it's basically as big as Manhattan. Right. So it's breathing stratosphere air when it stands straight. Right. You know, I mean, it's too big because the world has gotten too small. Then you basically have this thing where now you're basically watching Matthew Broderick run around and try to get dinosaur eggs because Jurassic Park was popular. And then, right. you, gotta, you know, then, then it becomes a confused, muddled mess. Aesthetically, I think it looks great. And, yeah. and I love the tree. The treatment that the trailer gives has like this feel to it that even with David Stratham doing the voiceover of stuff, like I still loved it. Right. But I don't know. If, I don't. I don't think this is going to be a bomb. Um, but I also don't think it's going to be a super success either. I think it's going to be a lot like Pacific Rim. I think it'll appease a lot of people and maybe quell them from saying we need to do Godzilla again in two more years. It's not Batman. It's right. not Superman. You don't have to reinvent this this franchise every 16 months. Right. Just somebody has to do it right once to kind of appease everybody. And maybe if the aesthetics are a giveaway and the story is as good, um, this will work. I thought the preview we saw last night was much more interesting than the preview we saw for the Super Bowl, which was basically just a, a military commander talking to a bunch of halo divers, which right, was right. intriguing because you see glimpses of, of Godzilla. <clears throat> but last night's was much more interesting to me especially with the narrative of, you know, they were doing a lot of bombing in the Pacific, and it wasn't that accidentally created the creature. They were trying to kill the creature. Right. Like, I like that hook. So I'm, I'm more curious about that than I thought I would initially ever be. Right. I have a bad feeling that what you're going to end up getting is all the stuff that you didn't like about Pacific Rim way too much. You, you know? might. You're going to get like the wacky scientists and and uh, all the not. parts out of that that you hate. If they just play it straight and not go for right. a comedic thing right. like they did in Pacific Rim, which was fine. It didn't have to be super serious. But I would just like to see a more serious avenue. And I don't... Oh, man, that, that bugs me. I hated that. <laughs> anyway. 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 All right. So there's our response to Godzilla question mark i'm looking forward to you could care less right there you go that's pretty much it okay uh okay 300 so um what we should jump out with our ratings i (laughs) am pretty solidly two and a half yeah yeah i i'm a little surprised you're that low but i i I get it too i'm at four yeah i can see that too so if you uh you know once in a while we uh also mention and people have actually emailed us and told us to 
do it more often, but um, yeah. the Metacritic on this was like 40-ish or maybe it 45, is... something like that. Right now it's 47. And I think uh, Rotten Tomatoes was kind of more like in... I didn't even look. ...about 52-ish or something yeah. like that, where... You know that uh, four, that forty-seven actually translates into it a fair does. amount of fresh on yep. on Rotten Tomatoes, and um, you know <laughs> doing always... pretty well on the uh, you know like user ratings though. Not for Metacritic, not it was giant. Kind of, it was kind but... of it's slightly advantaged. If it was anything on Metacritic, it's about fifty-five. Right, like there's a it, few it, middling. It's, some a, bad. it's a little bit better. For whatever it's worth, whenever I look at Metacritic, and we've talked about this numerously, I always love looking at the highest and the lowest score, not just the mean average. The best anyone gave it was an 88, and right. the lowest anyone gave it was a zero, like a flat-out zero. Right. And there were... And there's a lot of stuff in there. There were a few of so, those <clears throat> zeros. There was, there was definitely one. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, uh, so the movie continues on in a, in a way that, almost bugs me because I wish a more interesting movie would have done it because I think right. it's kind of an interesting idea because this movie actually takes place uh, kind of at the same time as the first Mostly, one or yeah. at least parts of it, you know, it's definitely uh, overlapping. It does. It gives you some of this, you know, before anything stuff where we get Xerxes, you know, that whole story, goofy nonsense, whatever right. it was. <laughs> And uh, but anyway, um, so the uh, the events of 300 actually happen uh, after the beginning of this movie. Right. And they like end, you know, before Before the the end end. of this movie. This is this is uh, other parts of Greece and and the whole thing going on uh, in north of Sparta, I guess. And. and it's the whole – so it's like the same massive Persian army coming to take over Greece. Right. But in the first movie, we just focused on this one part. Land battle. And now we're focusing on uh, the bigger picture. Right. And they actually go to Sparta to try and get help and, yeah. and you know, get rejected, whatever. And, it's, and it does – for the most part, take place in uh, just on-the-sea battles, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and Which what was interesting. And but. what we're interested in is getting ships, right? And and men, sure. But what we really need are ships. Mm-hmm. And if you thought that it was interesting that like a million people were fighting three hundred in <laughs> in the first three hundred right. movie, yeah. Well, now we've got like you know twenty ships fighting like thousands of ships, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. And it's it's. It's like the naval it's equivalent. Kind of worse. It is basically, it's basically like it's taking like, that same thing. It is and, and turning in turning into it boats. into ships. Yeah, basically. and uh, and how and, and you know there's there were interesting things in the first movie where um, it was interesting to look at what the three hundred were thinking at times. Not that you know the first movie was the greatest movie ever, anyway, right. but. There were interesting things going on with those 300 guys going, how can we have some sort of strategy to do anything right. versus Persia just going, we have plenty of people. We just can totally go. outnumber you. We, yeah. we don't need strategy. Right. Just go. Right. And uh, and that didn't work out that well for them. <laughs> right. 
um, at least in the taking massive losses right. category, yeah. right? And we sort of have similar thing happening here, although kind of much more interesting because there's room to play around with different things. Yeah. So you've got the uh, Greeks with their vastly outnumbered uh, navy going well. So what can we do to yeah. try to try to do something? Yeah. And it's kind of interesting in a way. To uh, you know, if this movie tried a little harder to have some depth and explain things and talk about things instead of instead of going, what special effect can I do now? Right. It's kind of interesting for the Greeks to uh, be looking at the situation and going, what strategy can you come up with versus someone who refuses to have a strategy? Right. Where their strategy is always just going to be uh, just go pour bodies on it, yeah. just just <laughs> just throw bodies at it, and they go, what can we do against that? And right. they come up with some pretty good things, right? And yeah. and it's actually kind of interesting. And this is a weird movie too because it's all about you know trying to make a movie look like a graphic novel, just like the first one. Right. Yeah, and it's all about trying to do these you know great. There are a lot of parts in this movie just like in the first one where you can almost see the frame of, of like the graphic novel. Yeah. And it's like, I know that's exactly how that looked Looked. in the graphic novel. And now we've tried to recreate exactly that thing. And, you know, there's so much effort into the visual stuff going on that it like ignores the fact that there's actually some cool stuff going on yeah. <laughs> that, that it it won't pay attention to and and basically there there almost is no plot to explain in watching the movie except that there actually is yeah it's just that the movie doesn't want to give it to you like the it the movie really doesn't does. want you to have it but if you look at enough you go well there is kind of a plot to explain but really the plot is just this Navy versus that Navy and go. And, you yeah, know, we explain some stuff a little bit, but yeah. all of the interesting stuff, you know, so um, I can't remember how to say the guy's name. <laughs> the, Which one? The, the hero? The, the main guy. Yeah. Um, He's got like an 18 syllable name or something. Themistocles? Yeah. Them- sure. I don't know. Um, anyway. Yeah. Themistocles. There's interesting stuff going on with him having to be, the leader yeah. and his friend and people are clearly going to die. They're going to take a lot of losses just like in the first movie, because right. that you can't beat a million people without taking right. a lot of losses. Yeah. Even if you win, even if you miraculously win, yeah. you're still going to have, so he's got friends that are going to die and all this stuff. And you get like no power in any of it. Right. You know, when someone dies, you don't care because it's probably the third time you noticed him in the movie. So how can you care? Right. And it's, there's just so much that's actually interesting going on that the movie doesn't want to pay any attention to. Yeah. That it's just it's horrible. This is this is kind of like uh you know you have uh some old uncle or or grandfather or something who was actually, you know, in World War II or was actually in a war and in some interesting thing. And then he tells you the story of what happened, and he's like the worst storyteller that ever existed. Right. And it's like yeah. he's actually telling you about really interesting stuff, 
but he can't do it in a way that makes you care at all. Right. Like, that's what watching this movie was like. I'm like, how is this so boring? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'm not under any delusion, you know, and neither are you, and neither is most anyone going to see this, even though 300 came out like seven years ago. Like, in a weird way, I felt like the God film should be... Was it that long I know, ago? it's like, it was 2000... Man, it's been That's almost wild. eight years. It was 2006, I think, if I remember that right. Wow. And, and it's weird. I was joking, um, telling someone about this, that it, it should have been called 300, you know, months too late. Like, this film probably would have done really great if it had been a year and a half or two years after it. Right. It just feels like so much time has passed that there should be more stuff at it. Right. It, it, it's visually the same, basically. The, the director and the whole crew have really just taken that style, and they should because it's the style of the story. But it really is all style and no substance. Right, and, there, you know? and there's nothing wrong with that. No, nothing It looked all. great. It does and, look and great. And it does a lot of things that it does where it's actually working the visual style right. that are really cool. The visual style is basically a cast member. Like it's basically like saying this is right. this is right. so important to what we're doing. This is part of the, 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 the deal. But in a film like look, so ignoring a bunch of the historical problems that people I see now after I'd seen it and after I realized right. what I was gonna rate it, I finally could look online and people are up in arms about a bunch of historical missteps. There are kind of some really irritating uh, historical And, I, and I knew a couple, but I didn't know as many as people who know more about this time period than I did. So right. I read a few of it, and I thought, well, they're all saying the same thing. They must all be right. So, right. okay. But I didn't – I don't think if you go to C-300 or Rise of Empire for its historical significance, you're cramming for a history exam. Well, you know what I mean? Right. Like sometimes you'll cheat and see the film – You'll, you'll watch Lord of the Flies instead right. of read it, you know, and you get what you get. But this, you shouldn't be mixing these right. up. Basically, there are times when you're in the mood, uh, where I'm in the mood to go see a film that just has, you know, blood flying everywhere. Right. Decapitation, amputation, evisceration, impalements, beheadings, all of that stuff. And this film has everything like that that you would want. It's chock full of action and visceral and viscous, everything like that that I'm describing, and yet somehow it still finds a way to be boring as shit. Right. It, it is it, so boring. It is massively With the exception boring. of one fun battle for me that there, I enjoy. There are a few good moments. And there are sprinkled moments throughout even the boring stuff, which is why ultimately I came around to, this is going to be one of those reviews where I bashed the hell out of the film and still didn't give it like a zero or a one. I'm still like right. it's below average, but there are a lot of fun things uh, there's a lot of fun things peppered in here, but like what you were saying, it doesn't even pretend to be stupid or mindless. It actually wants to portray like an undercurrent of something smarter. Like it's right. talking about human and political and all of these like other topics, both historical and for the for the sake of the film, like motivating factors, but it just glosses over it all. Right. It glosses over all of it. And I feel like the majority of the problem is that the director just doesn't know what to do. And when in doubt, the director will slow down action or speed up action or just throw a ton of blood right. you know, at you. It, the geeky part of this is that, I mean, this is where we, you know, this is the stuff that you don't really know, you don't really care to know about, but it's just called speed ramping. And it's famous for stuff like The Matrix. When you shoot at Neo and Neo bends, I mean, you know this, right. you bend back and the bullets go slow and they called it bullet time. But it was so aggravating to see 
Like every four other seconds, thing that four happens. Seconds, right. Four seconds into the film when Xerxes is standing over the fallen 300 and he's raising his golden axe and slows and his growl is going... Right. And then he speeds up. And that happens so much that it, it shows like a creative crutch that if you don't know how to tell a narrative or to show a story or to trust the story... Let's throw a lens flare in. Right. Like, exactly. that's one of my biggest gripes right. about people it who was, overuse. Uh, it, it was sort of like... And it becomes really distracting. And, and it's, it's not a bad thing to do either, um, but it was, like you said, it was just that, you know, every fight we have now, all of a sudden, there has yeah. to be some reason to throw that in. It's, it's kind of like if you had, you know, when it, the Lord of the Rings movies, right? Yeah. <clears throat> there were times, and I thought this was really cool and worked really, really well. And some people thought it was stupid and horrible and didn't work very well. Yeah. But there were times when in the Lord of the Rings movies where um, they would have like a, a close quarters battle mm-hmm. with a bunch of people going at it. Right. Yeah. Where you really couldn't tell what was going on. It was right. edited many, and yeah, right. cut so fast and, yeah. And spinning around and you really couldn't tell what was going on. Yeah. And I thought that was great. I thought it was cool that you would just go, look, man, it's just a crazy mash. Right. And people are, you know, when you have movies like this where you do the opposite, then it's like, even though this happens in 10 seconds or two seconds, he can plan out 500 moves ahead, right. and he's got that much time. And this is like, you know, the Lord of the Rings is like the opposite of that. Right. It's like, no, I'm just swinging my sword right. and whatever <laughs> right. I hit, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and the difference is if every battle that ever happened anywhere in the Lord of the Rings was like, was that. like that. It's like that for a reason. Yeah. In a specific situation, maybe it's a good decision, maybe it's a bad decision, maybe people don't like it, but yeah. we're doing it for a reason. We're not just making everything look like that and going, I don't know, do that again. Right. right. And in this movie, you're just doing that again. Right. It's like, right. I don't know what to do here. Yeah. I don't know why I would film this in a particular way right now. Yeah. So do that thing again. Yeah. And and it just doesn't work. Well, and there's even it's funny when you see the movie kind of get away from him in a way, and what he does to bring it back is like this old habit. So like there's this there's this moment where the two main characters, um, you know, and like you, I blank on it. it um, we're probably gonna Themistocles, Themistocles, and, and Artemisia. You know, and I, right, I, Eva Green is Artemisia. Um, and and as far as I'm concerned, probably the best part of the whole film. For a number of different ways, and, and in, in a couple some of weird the ways, time. the worst. Some of the time, she but plays some against of the time it. I didn't like. But there's it, yeah. this moment where they're basically meeting after she's been getting her butt kicked in these battles to try to find a way, you know, to get him on their side or to see what he's all about. And this big conversation in this war room of her barge turns into a big sexual right. play. And it's the it, before it becomes ridiculous. It's the first time in the film that you kind of feel like there's a situation where real character and like narrative can come, like could show up, could right. happen. Like just let these guys do what they're doing, and you'll have it. And he doesn't. I mean, I'm speaking from my observation, but he doesn't seem to know how to handle that. So what he does is again he speed bumps. Like they go in. I don't know if you even saw this. They like they start bantering, and then they get closer, and then they start making out and fooling around, and then right. having sex. He actually, like, accelerates that. He speed ramps where right, kisses. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, that just shows you don't have a clue. Right. Like, it's been too long since we've had a lens flare. Let's have so, one. Throw right. one in. Right. Throw three in, you know. 
And it's and it's unfortunate because at that point, it, it's not a lost movie. It's still just kind of been bordering on boring. Right. And and basically like what you were describing, uneven. Right. Like you get these moments which are fun and interesting. And then either he ruins it or it ruins itself, and he doesn't know how to rescue it, which is really weird. I mean, right. there's, and, and you know, the, there's so much potential in a lot of what we saw, though. There's a lot of potential in the whole story, too. That, yeah. That oh, yeah. They, they just leave laying there yeah. and do nothing with. And, you know, another example, especially, you know, with all the blood and hacking people up, which is going to be in the movie somehow, right? right people yeah. are going get to it. get yeah. hacked up. But, you know, there's it's strange to have a movie that you end up not liking and going, but it also has the example of how it would have been good. Right. right. But like in the, in the second big wave of ship attack, right. Mm-hmm. Then you finally get, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say it's the Mostocles, whether it is yeah, or not. That's but, fine. Um, <laughs> you, you get this uh, fight with him and the like, new leader who's leading this wave, right? Right. right. Who's this big giant guy who takes out a bunch of Greeks and, and he's this great big fighter guy. And, and, and then the Mosticles comes up and basically just smacks him around (laughs) like a little girl. Right. Yeah. He just like walks up and kicks him and he's down and then he cuts his arm off and cuts his leg off and then kills him. And when he does the cutting, the arm and the leg and and you see like lots of blood. Yeah. There's like a purpose to why we're doing that, you know? Right. He's he's purposely just, you know, you're nothing, right? Yeah. And it makes sense. And then it's surrounded by all of this like really gratuitous blood and guts and hacking yeah. that really is just like see look, here's a close up of cutting right. the guy's head open or whatever. Right. Where it's just like you know, there's no purpose to it. It's not right. doing anything. It's just like make it bloodier. Right. And and to have them like right next to each other where you can actually be doing stuff for a reason. Yeah. And then, you know, two minutes later, you clearly don't really know what you're doing. You're kind of just doing stuff at random. Right. And then speed right. it up, slow it down, right. do what, it, you know, right. I don't know. It's like we're spinning a wheel. Yeah, and it's like this is what came up, so right. we make it go it. faster yeah. now yeah. or whatever. And, and it's just, it's just like you said, it's so weird. There's all these elements of story where the story could be interesting. Yeah, but it's all even when we bring Xerxes in, who does not show up a lot. Yeah, which is uh, kind of a sad. I'm trying to work another sequel right element to right. things going on. Uh, because we get to focus on the woman, right? And then Xerxes gets to still be back there, yeah. And even when we get the end, you know, we still get to, you right. know, it's, it's like still, uh, it's all Scorpion Kingish. It's like right. it feels exactly. very mummy sequel. It's like yeah. he he still could come back, right? And then <laughs> yeah. at certain points, then you start to go, look, we have to have some connection to the historical world, right? Or else. Why do we not just make this some random, Any random planet and not right. and not have a connection to the historical world? Right. It's almost like you've got to have some things that are just flat out historically wrong. Right. Or else we might not have that interesting a movie. Right. And 
you have to know too much about the real history to re- yeah. that people don't actually know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Otherwise, we have to make some stuff up yeah. in order to make a movie about it. But it, like, if you make the first movie and and it's you know three hundred, right. And what happens in your movie is that the 300 go out and just walk over this right. million people and slaughter them all. Right. Then you've gone wrong in your historical yeah, your fiction, right? Yeah, you had pages stuck together. You have to have something. Yeah. You know, you have to keep the real connections or else it's just yeah. silly that you're relating it to it at all. Yeah. You should just be making it up. And there are some things in this movie yeah, that well, are and, again, and I understand a it, little goofy. Like I understand the historical side of it, and I re- and I learned a few things, and I remembered some things I forgot reading the historical arguments about it. But again, I won't ever project that you go to see this film for the historical significance. No, like for it, sure. It, in, and even if you want to watch Braveheart for the historical significance, you're making a mistake. Right. It doesn't happen like that. You right. know. Um, one of the things that I did think was interesting, which was based, you, you know, and in some level, because it's a sequel, prequel, um, it's actually like what we were saying before. It's it's like happening at the same time, right. basically. It's like a simultaneous. Which I quote. wish, you know, that's could what have been I call in it. a cooler movie. So like I said, I. that is that's um, a that's an interesting I went, spin. I actually went and looked because I was curious because we were talking about it. Um, as soon as we walked out, like you don't really see films that sequelize something at the same time. It's basically happening. And it seems like there's only been one other film uh, beyond the Poseidon adventure, which is basically other people trying to get off the boat at the same time. Right. So, but, but anyway, it's an interesting, it, it's a really interesting take on it. And whereas the first film seemed to be like all macho, like all man abs, weapons, posturing, right. like growling, you know, front kicks, all these things. I think one of the interesting things about this one is that it's really kind of it's really kind of set in motion by women. Right. That you've got Artemisia and Queen Gorgo, I think. I can't oh man, I'm blanking on her. It's Lena Headley. Uh, Leonidas's wife, wife in Sparta. And, and right. basically they're the two, you know, formidable strength players in this one. Um and what I thought was really interesting was how strong Eva Green was as Artemisia. Um both when she needed to be, and then when I think when she kind of went off the rails, because there are times where it feels like whatever kind of crazy we need, she'll be it. Right. You know, it's not enough that she was, um, as a kid, the movie would tell you, um, she watched her whole village um, get murdered and raped in front of her. Right, by by Greeks. By Greeks. she is Greek. And she, so right, and she like is Greek. So it's like, thing, yeah, right, and yeah. it's almost like the whole Trojan horse kind of it's idea. Gigantic of revenge. It's kind this of stuff, big right. plot. And she's then used as a sex slave for, for ages. And then she eventually becomes like kind of an assassin. And actually, that whole part of her story was really interesting to watch visually. Like right. when she shows up before her king with like the heads of other kings and rulers, right. I actually I thought that was great. Right. Um, but then later when she's contested, you know, by someone and she decapitates them in front of everyone to show that she's, you know, the queen bee and then starts making out with the decapitated head. Right. You know, I'm like, look, it's not enough that she's Darth Vader. You got to make her every other monster she's you like, can imagine. Right. She's psycho Darth Vader. Now she's super lector Darth right. animal Cthulhu Vader. You know, right. it's like whatever, <laughs> right. whatever you need. And later, whatever you need her to be, she will be right. instead of a character that should be as she is because she is, as you've established, already great. Right. She's like, cool. this she's is cool really enough. cool. Right. And, um, and, you know, and that's that, what I meant by saying, like, she's great in the film and maybe the greatest part because the scenes that are really memorable for me were her 
But also, she vamps, and I mean literally like blood-sucking kind of vamp thing. Right. She, like she vamps she, too much. She goes weird, So sure. it, it, it's both good and, and bad. And you know, that's a thing for me, and I've mentioned this before. I don't know what it is, but there's like a trend now. Right, you've said it, this. In movies that your villain is insane. Right. And, you know, I'm just not interested in the villain turning yeah. insane. Yeah. There's no character there like you know you mentioned darth vader like darth vader's not insane no darth vader's got his reasons for what he does and he's got his motivations and he's like a yeah. real he's like a real person if at the end of you know walking with darth vader whatever right. it is that we're doing <laughs> yeah if all of a sudden he just started being completely insane right i mean that would have taken everything, everything out of him right yeah. i mean and that's what she does. We're building like this character. We're we're giving her motivation for what she's doing. She's got yeah. this whole thing where she wants grease. And to it burn. worked, right? I mean, I thought it worked. Yeah, I thought it was you good. Know, and yeah. she, you know, she wants to get her revenge on all of Greece. How is she going to do that? Yeah, get in with the other giant, you know, uh, power. And and then there's even, you know, there was a great part when. Uh, Xerxes' dad actually dies. Yeah, that was good. That was really cool. And uh, Xerxes' dad says, "Don't make my mistake. Leave Greece alone. Right. Only a, only the gods could could kill Greece, right?" right. And she spins that around yeah. and sells it to Xerxes as. You must be a god. What he means like, is, yeah. go kill them. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and it's awesome, like what you said. Cause she's like, he was basically challenging you. Right. Can you right. be right. a god? Can you be a god king? And he's right. like, I don't know. You look hot. Right. I guess so. Don't think you that know? he means don't attack them when he says don't attack them. Right. What he means is, yeah. and and that was great. Yeah, that was great. And then we move on along enough to where, uh, oh well, actually, she's just really right. insane, right. right? Right. And then you know, it's funny because. What the movie wants to do is, you know, be able to stand up and say, look, we have this really strong woman role. Right. And, and, but we don't. Yeah. We just have lunatic role right. at the end. You know, for the first right. half, right. we're doing great, and, yeah. I, and I believe them. Yeah. And then it goes wrong even in other ways, because then there are parts where you get towards the end where now we're just not really, I think, legitimately having her be a woman. Right. And, you know, I don't know what the exact equality feminist people are going to think Here about. Here we go. About Yesterday this. was International Women's Day. That's right. And you're on, on the block already. But see, here's what I think is, you know, <laughs> if you want to have a woman be really good at sword fighting, yeah, right, then what you're saying is, look, a woman could be really good at sword fighting. Yeah. A woman could swing a sword, and if you don't do something about it, you're dead, right? right? Right. That's perfectly legitimate female equality, right? right? That we're saying this is actually something a woman could do, right? Yeah. When we move on and on and on with this movie, eventually what you get to is that like this 130-pound woman takes a punch from a gigantic guy with an armored fist. <laughs> yeah. And like shakes it off. Right. 
I think you're almost making fun of feminism at that point because yeah. she just, you know, he hits her and she, you know, she, ugh, like right. she, she goes down like, it, like, yeah. like it's Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger trading blows or something. Right. And she just like turns around. Oh yeah. Right. Like that's all you got. Like right. she would be dead. Right. Right. And it has nothing to do with being like a woman or something. It's right. just like the reality of if, if you start moving what you're doing with a female character out of the world of realism. Right. And even though this is like a graphic novel movie and, you know, blah, 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 right, there's some allowances to be made there. But, you know, have her take like kind of a glancing blow or have her do something that could actually happen or something. But, man, he clocks her her as hard as he possibly could. He hits her with, like, a prehistoric set of brass knuckles. Right. Right. And, like, not only that, but, like, I mean, he's on, like, the downward (laughs) motion. He's, like, got everything behind that punch. And he's a big guy. And we watch it for 30 seconds. And she's small. Right. She's not even like she's an Amazon or something. And she's, you know, a giant woman or anything. She's little. And, you know, when that happened, I just was like... Does that mean what they think it means, no. really? Because I thought you're you're actually not putting forward a feminist idea at that yeah. point. You're not giving me a strong well, female I even, character. Even right? to go with that scene, which is at the end, I felt like it was full of missteps the moment he ran a horse across the water. I mean, not even just because we're talking Lone Ranger horses on trains. Exactly. That's totally what I'm I just was thinking. thinking I'm just right. thinking, you know, at this point when he gets to her and she cuts the horse like down and then they start this fight, she has been shown through all these establishing things that she was trained by like the best right. swordsmen and, and, and it, that, that were to be around and she was besting them. Right. And this guy who is admittedly, uh, he's a naval commander but he's a politician and he's buff and he's right. tough and he's been fighting but he's not on that level like right. even the worst student of her class would have destroyed this guy but she has trouble when she's got two swords and he's got one i mean like really what you've done and, is set and up he's, this thing, and he's not and even, even a spartan right? he's not, no he's, he's, he's just this he, guy he's the guy who he's a guy in greece who would go who you know would stand right up and say that we need to go to war and everything right I'm not a Spartan. Right. Well, even, I'm not at that level. Even right? as a, even, if he were <laughs> a Spartan, he would never have gone to get help. Like he would have just been like, "We got this." Right. Even though you guys are farmers and politicians, but get up, we got this. Right. Look at all the crunches we do every day. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But instead, he's like, "Look, I'm smart enough to know." And maybe that's the and I like that too about him versus Leonidas uh, Leonidas in the first film, which is that. He was all balls, just like, let him come. Right. We'll, we'll get him in the caverns. You know, we'll, we'll bottleneck him. Right. Fighting on the water is a little smarter. You know, you got to kind of be a little bit more tricky and use a few more things. And he was wise enough to kind of go, we ain't got this. <laughs> right. And then the Spartans were like making fun of him. Like two of the worst lines since savages were in this film. I'm not going to say them because they were full of profanity, but right. it was it was horrible. I mean, it was like wargasm kind of. Right. I just was cringing. Yeah, it was... Uh, and, it, and I'm bringing it up because when he goes to get permission from the queen about having some Spartan help while everyone else is off, she basically, like, emasculates him by saying, like, you're here getting your rocks off by watching real men train. Right. It's a little bit more vicious than that, but, you know, what I'm... 
the movie just falls apart. It sets right. up a lot of really interesting stuff, and look at how quick we are to get out of time. Yeah, we're, um, we're running close on I that. just thought, I thought visually it was interesting, and thematically it had stuff going for it, but it couldn't get out of its own way. And it will surprise no one who's listened to the show for more than one week that I specifically feel with this specific film that was an hour and 40 minutes long, if this had been 80 minutes and had to be tighter, it would have been better. It right. had too much time to meander and slow down action and speed up action. Right. And any time anyone got a paper cut, you saw a gallon of blood fly. Right. Like, it's just and, weirdly distracting in so many ways. And, and you know, like uh, you said, we're totally running out of time. But, you know, uh, this one feels a lot like uh, it has something in the background of the people who are making it where it's like a comic book movie made by someone who doesn't like or read comic books. Yeah. This is like a graphic novel movie made by someone who doesn't understand why people would like a graphic novel anyway. Right. So I'll make the movie like this. Right. And I don't know, they're neat pictures, so I'll right. do those, right? Yeah. Or whatever. It's just, it's, yeah. it's kind of lost. Anyway, we're uh, totally running out of time. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week, and I don't actually know what we'll see because there's there's not ginormous stuff we could see veronica marsh for all i know yeah. or uh art of the steel or something old or who knows yeah. but um thanks so much for tuning in and uh share and subscribe and uh tell all your friends and all that good stuff and we'll see you next week bye Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with their spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.